Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Toogie's Take Podcasts. I am the namesake of this show because I have a massive ego, and I am joined alongside my two co-hosts on this lovely adventure that we have going on here, Mr. Rendo Mills, the pride of Toronto, Hi. and the, the pride of California himself. Mr. California 9 to 5. <laughs> it's Sin back once again. Gentlemen, how are you? We're a day late, but that does mean we have a heck of a lot to talk about today, and I'm excited for it. I mean, yeah. we're not a dollar short, though. So we, uh, I was we got go that. Right I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's, <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> and if you're a dollar short, you can make sure to get a discount on your purchase at manscaped.com using code TUGI for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. See, we always find a way to it? work these things. In. How do you do it? How do you, like, every time? It's perfect. <laughs> a lot of practice and determination to secure that bag. And, and if you want to secure your bag, again, Manscaped.com. Use code Toogie. Twenty percent off your order. Free worldwide shipping. You can get whatever you need for your grooming needs. Whether it be, of course, trimming those pesky nose hairs with the weed whacker. It works tremendously. I have one. It's phenomenal. I recommend it. Especially once you hit like twenty-five and up, and then all of a sudden you're like, "What the hell is going on in there?" Uh-oh. Yeah, that continues for the rest of your life. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, as well, again, the lawnmower 4.0. You can't go wrong with the old reliable. For your old reliable <laughs> manscaped.com. <laughs> Just trying to make these as bad as I can <laughs> to break endo. And it's not that difficult. And it's not that difficult to go to manscaped.com and use code Doogie for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. A big thank you to Manscaped for sticking with the show. And gentlemen, we are going to get right down to business today. Because as I mentioned, uh, since we had that extra day in between, uh, there is a lot to talk about today. Uh, Admittedly, there's some more serious stuff that will at least be brought up on the show. I don't know how, uh, you know much of an extended conversation it'll be, but I think an important acknowledgement is on deck. As well, of course, uh, we have a heck of a lot to ho- of hockey to talk about, some important milestones that were hit as well, and some interesting talking points. But it gets no more interesting than this, viewer questions, because I am going to deem this as learn more about Endo and Sin, because that's kind of what these questions are shaping up to be. We'll start off with Dennis. Boys, if you had a time machine to bring a legend back from the past... To insert into the NHL today, who would it be? His choice would be Nick Lidstrom. I'll throw to Endo, first and foremost. A legend from the past that you could bring back to play in the modern NHL. Who would it be? Uh, I'm a big goalie guy, so I'd want to see... Uh, I was going to say Osgood, but he's, that's still kind of recent. I want to see Hazek. Just the way this the way that the game is played right now with his style from back then. I that'd be it'd be very interesting, <laughs> I think. Very, very interesting. Would Dominic Hoshik be Curtis McElhaney? I think so. McElhaney <laughs> was kind of the guy, the last one to have that Hoshik style of just flipping around. Hey, Tim, I mean, granted, Dominic Hoshik still played around the same time Chris Osgood did, yeah. but it wasn't that many years later that Tim Thomas won a cup doing the same thing. So yeah, big inspiration in the out. crease for me. Uh, back when I didn't know what the what the hell I was doing, because uh, uh, I didn't really have any formal training. I just went, "Hey, that guy's flopping around like a fish. Maybe I do that and do pretty well." And 
it, it, it turned out decently. I mean, I do that kind of for a living a little bit now as a rental goalie. So, you know, yeah. And if you want to rent a goalie in the greater Toronto area, use code Tuggy <laughs> to uh, to get Endo. Um, Tuggy's essentially for, your for, pimp. For a oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> he's your goalie pimp. He's <laughs> That was in the uh, the fine print of uh, signing on to be a part of this podcast. Oh, just God. You, uh, <laughs> you I don't even get a contract. You just, <laughs> <laughs> we, we just you threw me saying, in there. Yeah, we Fuck. said you're in. You're like, oh, okay, sweet. Sin, you're a player from the past, and why is it Jonathan Chichu? Yeah, no, it's not even that. Like, I don't consider Douglas Murray? a legend. Who? Dougie Murray? No, no. Um, this is, I'm, I'm kind of torn between this. I want Scott Hannon. Go. Oh, <laughs> play to the modern era, didn't he? Oh, this is tough because they're both kind of recent, but I have to do people that I watched play. Like, it's very difficult for me to like, be like, Oh, this some guy, but like I'm torn. Uh, there's two guys. Can I, can I say two guys and be just 50, 50 on them? Sure. Awesome. Go it's not? gotta be Peter Forsberg no here simply because it's, it's my favorite player of all time. Uh, it's got to be Peter Forsberg, and the second one has to be Paul Correa, simply because the game now is designed for him. And mm-hmm. back then, I mean, think of all the concussion issues he had. Uh, think of, you know, he's being a smaller guy on the ice. This is his game now, and to not be able to see him in today's game, as good as he was back then, I, I want to see what he would have been able to, to do in, in this era. I, I think he could have been exceedingly special. Like, I'm thinking – Mitch Marner type for sure, but probably better. And I'm sorry, Endo, but I mean, Korea was just to do what he did at the time that he did is uh, pretty ridiculous. I'd love to see, you know, his capability without always having to look over his shoulder and worry about getting his head taken off constantly. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair point right there. Uh, I, I I like the the cheap shot at Marner. I completely agree. Well, it wasn't a uh, shot at Marner. That's more of a <laughs> how freaking good Korea was. And I don't think people realize that his career was cut so short. Very true. For, for the same reasons that you brought up Paul Korea, my choice is Pavel Bure. Mm. S- same thing. Yeah. Ooh. Same exact thing. Same. I mean, you know, the injuries might still be the same, but yeah, you know. I can't help but think Pavel Burry in the modern game. You look at what like Connor McDavid's able to do. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. So let's yeah, reverse good it. choices. What if we reversed it? So just just a quick to add on to it. Let's say what player from today would we like to see in like a previous era? Let's say Luke Shen. <laughs> <laughs> let's say let's go back to the '90s. So I think all of us kind of were aware of some '90s hockey. I don't know how old Endo is, but I'm. Let's say the the uh, you know the clutch and the clutch and drag era. What player from yeah. today would you Dude, it's, think would succeed back it's, then? It's the big defensemen <laughs> yeah. that don't fit in the NHL anymore. Yeah. It's Luke Shen. Yeah. Okay. It's Dylan McElrath. It's Eric. Could Eric Branson would be Chris he Pronger? Would. Yeah. <laughs> he would be. <laughs> oh That's God. a good point. Oh man. I mean, it, it has to be right. Like the more physical guys. I thought you were gonna say, what if Connor McDavid? Uh, was transported back to the 90s, mm. and uh, Alf Samuelson would have killed him on the ice. Yeah, absolutely. So let's... Yeah. <laughs> People would have just been like riding Connor... him, like literally stick on him, riding him down the ice. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I would have hate, hated to have seen, like, Connor McDavid in that era because we already saw how bad it was for the Burries and the Koreas. Right. Very true. Uh, yeah, it's scary, but I-, I can't help but think that, yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those bigger guys, especially on defense, would do so much better because that's always been like the talking point around 
guys like Luke Shen is that they were drafted uh, a decade too late. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, certain forwards that would probably do very well. Like, I was thinking back, and I wanted to look at, like, I went to the 2007 draft just randomly. Uh, and, like, JVR was the second pick of that draft. Yeah. JVR is really good now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JVR's had some good runs, but how, what would James Van Riemsdyk have been in 1995? Ooh. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I think he would have been, instead of, like, very good category or good to very good, he would have been he would have been up there. I think he's one of those types of players. So, but then again, maybe that's maybe that's a cop-out. Yeah. I don't know. Just to be like, ah, bigger players would have had more yeah. success. I think but. I would like to see the Kachucks, Brady and Matthew, <laughs> back then. They would get away with shit, dude. Like, so they, they would never be in the box. But, like... They they were they are kind of still built for that that them and Lucic because I think you'd see Lucic mm. just yeah if it he wasn't what a he speed wants. game he, yeah he does what he wants ex- now but imagine I mean, back you then. consider that when he was really good was during the transition and then yeah. him and him and Nathan Horton just completely disappeared oh Nathan Horton exactly um, this question comes from AJ I don't really have an answer to this but this is why I said hey let's find out more about Sin and Endo mm. AJ asks. What is everyone's dream car? I don't really have one. I've never been this gigantic car guy. What about you two? Uh, I'm going to go with a really weird choice here. I don't know why, but Mitsubishi Lancer. No, it's Mitsubishi Lancer Evo. I don't even drive. I, I, I have a license. I have like a like here. It's a G1, so I know how to drive. I just haven't done the test to go actually drive. Uh, but just ever since you I don't was, have to because you're in Toronto. I mean that's true, but it does help with hockey and everything. Going going from like across the city around the place and everything. But Fair. the Evo has always been like just a nice looking car, and I know I'm not gonna have kids, so I'm like, sweet, I don't have to get a minivan or get a what is it, the Dodge Chat, not Challenger, but the what's the big fat like Dodge? It's a it's like a minivan. Charger. Yeah. Oh, minivan. So, yeah. No, like a, like a gra- the Durango, <laughs> the Durango, no, like the Grand Caravan. I don't have to get yeah. a Grand Caravan, so I can just go pull up with like my three hockey bags instead of a Lancer Evo because that's a lot of there's a lot of like trunk space. I'm not even a car guy, but it just this car just looks like chef's not kits. a car guy, but he's a van guy. God damn, yeah. I so, I am not a car guy whatsoever. I I'm, I'm I go off leases and shit, and just I just want something with good gas mileage and gets me somewhere that's safe, reliable. That's that's really the extent. But I guess I don't know. If I uh, who knows? Maybe I'll. I, like, I don't even know. Like that. It's just when I think about it, when I see people buying these like crazy expensive cars, I'm like, for me, it's like I couldn't mm-hmm. even do that. Like it's just it to me yeah. that seems if I have the amount of money to do that, I need to be giving it to people like and giving it to good causes what a nice guy like i can't i've looked at it people getting lambos like yeah it'd be cool for like a minute but then like you just own this car that you drive maybe once a month i don't know man it's it all Mm. seems very very surface and material to me and that's just not how i how i roll so you're telling me honda civic i literally (laughs) drive a honda civic (laughs) that was my last car too a two fucking leases in a row honda civic I, I got a silver it. one now. I got a. I went. I went wild with this one. I got a blue one now. Oh shit! Went a little. Ooh. Went a little. Yeah. <laughs> went a little crazy. Sharks teal. There you go. Oh god! This next question comes from Doug Dimadome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimadome. Boys, do you have a bucket list vacation? Because I know what mine is. It's going to Arizona to catch a Coyotes game with Deke Slayer. Ooh. That's Twitch.tv/slash Deke Slayer. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. No, that's <laughs> – I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of things, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, going to – let's go see some castles in Scotland. Let's go to Japan. Like, all that kind of typical stuff, but stuff that still sounds cool. But, um, yeah, for the most part right now, especially uh, given that it's 2021 still, I'm like, yeah, hey, I want to go to the hockey games with friends. Yeah. That sounds fun. Well, yeah. I'm going to top in here because I've known this has been on my bucket list for the last – 10 years probably i want to go to new zealand Ooh. and uh basically visit uh middle earth that they have there they have the shire there in certain ways they got a lot of the old set stuff i i mean i love absolutely love the lord of the rings and i love all the lore behind it and visiting there not only that new zealand is just absolutely gorgeous the landscape um just everything there is just just beautiful so i mean definitely that's that that's my spot right there not bad at all. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I would want to go see just travel Canada. Canada is such a big country. Uh, like, I think a lot of people don't really take what we have for granted here and how how much you could go drive for like an hour and a half and you're in like a whole different type of like, like not like zone, but like different like hemisphere of like different types of nature and different types of things growing. Uh, I've, I went to a, I went to Vancouver Island uh, when I was like, 12 13 for like a youth exchange trip and it was a big kind of like culture shock because i was on the island and there was more a lot more trees a lot more air like the air quality was absolutely amazing and <laughs> i don't think that's really something you should be proud of having cleaner air because when you go to toronto it's like smog and everything like when i came back i was like coughing like right when i got off the plane uh but yeah i'd love to go travel all of canada maybe like a whole summer just going through every province territory and everything just seeing what we except have for offer. alberta you can avoid alberta yeah fuck alberta sorry crash fuck <laughs> just, alberta. just go to banff that's all <laughs> you need to banff. see in alberta go to banff and turn uh, back yeah go look at the saddle dome before they tear it down <laughs> <laughs> all right so we know the endo is going to meet me in the maritimes and it'll be a, a very good time speaking of very good times this question comes from devs why are oreos better than chips ahoy endo I'm a walking Oreo, so there he is, your answer. <laughs> yep, and only the people watching the podcast on YouTube will understand why. There you go. Um, Sin? Yeah, because <laughs> when you when I bite into a chocolate chip cookie, if that motherfucker's hard, I spit it out. Plain and simple. That's why Oreos are superior. Have you? But yeah. have you delved into the world of Chewy Chips Ahoy? No. Because if I'm gonna have a chewy, I don't know. I maybe I need to try it. However, Oreos are also it's it's an experience. You can you can eat it in, in you know so many different ways. You can tear it apart. You can just bite into it. You can, you can lick the cream you can off. Twenty percent off of your order of Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of, I which, mean that's that's a good sales pitch. Oh my God. Brands. You're trying to sell oh, me on Oreos God. like a wine connoisseur, like a sommelier. Like you lick the, <laughs> enjoy, like you savor the, the savor the, the cream. I always do. Yeah. <laughs> right, last question here comes from Hawks. Which video game that is coming out has you hyped up the most? I would have said NASCAR before it was revealed to be this buggy, horrific mess of a game. My God. <laughs> And then I would have said Battlefield, but the beta was a buggy, horrific mess of a game. My God. I don't think there's anything coming out at the end of the year now where I'm like, yep, I'm hyped for that. 
Unless they suddenly were like, hey, God of War is done. Two years ahead of schedule, and it's amazing. That would be nice. But, yeah, boys, anything come to mind for you? The leaders in the pits. The pits, the leaders in the pits. <laughs> oh, my God. Just the... I think back on the Tsugi thing about um, NASCAR, uh, if people aren't aware about how buggy the game is apparently in the beta state, uh, someone was live streaming the, the, the NASCAR game and got caught in a soft lock for like five, six hours of it just saying the leaders in the pits and now the leaders constantly in the pits for like good, like while doing the, uh, the pit change. It was just unbearable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, oh, my, my game of choice is NHL 22 uh, update. That's that's it. Just just the rest <laughs> of the game. Just just the rest of the game. Just put it just please. Please oh, like man. Rammer, please. Please. We need this. Come on. <laughs> Y'all ain't doing nothing in fucking Vancouver. There's nothing in Vancouver to do. Come on. Let's be real. Eat sushi. Okay. Mm. And, and and develop. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Y'all got a lot of time. Y'all are sitting at home. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, there's, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to remember the timeline on them, but uh, for sure, it's, I love the first Dying Light game. Oh so I'm God. wondering how, I'm kind of curious mm. how long, it's taken a while to develop this second one. I'm looking at the, the trailer hasn't sold me. I, they captured Lightning and Bottle with the first one. I don't know what they're doing, what's new. I haven't heard much about it. I haven't ke- kept up with it. Let's be real. I really don't keep up with games as much as I used to, but that one I'm hyped about and also, Again, I don't know the timeline on this one. It could be getting pushed back or whatever. But Total War Warhammer 3, because I'm a massive, massive Warhammer nerd. And I've played, I literally almost have 2,000 hours on Total War Warhammer 2 on Steam. So, yeah. Safe to say when the third one comes out, I will be playing the crap out of it. So there you go, everybody. Learning more about Sin and Endo, you can continue to do so. You can ask your own questions. Again, as always, I post up a thread on Twitter. That's at Tugi24 before every show. And if you're on the Discord channel as well, there is a podcast questions segment. With that, boys, again, we have a lot to talk about in terms of actual hockey. However, uh, there are two more uh, negative notes here that, um, again, we'd be remiss to not at least acknowledge because, again, uh, while I certainly wish hockey could be all positive all the time, uh, if this year has shown anything, that is absolutely not the case. Um, Sin and I were able to mention this uh, on a show last week uh, in terms of talking about uh, the greatest goal scorers of all time. Right, we mentioned like, oh, here's Ovi and Gretzky, you know, at three and four, but who were the top two? Number two was Mario Lemieux, and of course, number one in terms of goals for per game as an individual player uh, is Mike Bossy. And unfortunately, he announced uh, at the beginning of this week that he is currently battling lung cancer. So, our best wishes to who, for my money, is the greatest goal scorer in NHL history. I love Alex Ovechkin, but man, you want to talk about a guy where it's like, what would he do in the modern day? Oh, yeah. Mike Bossy. He put up goal scoring numbers like that at a time where, you know, sure, you had the greats still being able to do it, but what would he have been able to do in the modern game? It's it's always going to be a question. So best wishes to him. And the other subject as well, I mean, absolutely sucks. And... Uh, when the passing was announced, you know, on this show, there wasn't really any speculation because it wouldn't have been fair. Uh, but of course, it was confirmed uh, that Jimmy Hayes uh, passed away with uh, cocaine and fentanyl 
in his system. It was then announced uh, by his father that it was known that he had had a drug issue uh, for a while. And the reason why, you know, it's worth bringing it up on this show is we are very recently in the aftermath of Robin Leonard bringing up, you know, and being very vocal about his issues and what he feels needs to change about the NHL and how they conduct themselves in terms of helping players uh, with substance abuse issues. And then in the aftermath of this, too, you also had Derek Bogard's father uh, come out and say, hey, we're 10 years removed from this, and it doesn't look like much has changed in terms of helping a lot of these guys. And obviously, yeah. This year is a, a 2011 was a horrible year in the hockey world in terms of, of loss. You know, obviously you had say the locomotive plane crash, which was obviously an entirely different thing. But you had the passings of Derek Bogard, Rick Rippin, Wade Belak, and you know, ten years on from incidents like that, you would hope to see more change than what we've seen. And you know, unfortunately. It often does seem like it, it takes incidents like this and like the passing of a very beloved person such as Jimmy Hayes to maybe finally get some of that change going. And I think we're seeing a lot of that in you know professional sports. There's a lot going on right now on a lot of different topics in terms of trying to instill a lot of change. And you know, hopefully, it likely will not be, but hopefully, uh, this is the start of something uh, more positive and some real change within uh, the NHL. Uh, and again, to, to Jimmy Hayes' family, it's still just an absolute tragedy, obviously. Um, boys, I can leave it at that. If you want me to, we can move on to the hockey. But again, it was something that needed to be brought up. Well, I mean, there's a few other names that maybe who hadn't you know passed because of it, who are now coming out and speaking on me. And obviously, there's Daniel Carcillo, yeah. who's been very vocal about the mainly most of the culture that happens in hockey that leads to things like this. And I think that's just as important as, you know, the issues themselves and, you know, some of the symptoms of these, uh, you know, I guess we, we can call them diseases plaguing the NHL and hockey culture in general. Also, Ryan Kessler came out and talked about the culture of giving players painkillers and how it was a certain one. I forget the exact name of the one that was given to him, but like it would, you know, create, it actually created like uh, some like holes and like lesions in his intestines and colon and stuff like mm -hmm. that from uh, use of it. And they just, it's just really dangerous stuff to be messing with that. And again, yeah, it's like, I don't think the NHL is really done enough to change that in some regard. They've done some things, but it seems like very much on the surface. And if you're only attacking on the surface, you're not addressing the root of the issue. So really hope that we can sort of, you know, help just talk about it and get people get more people talking about it and force the NHL to take, you know, some, some action, which will result in, you know, lasting change. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, to touch on what he said with the, about Kessler, Kessler was taking Toradol, which was something yeah. not true for long-term use. Uh, and he developed uh, like clo uh, cloitis, uh, like a disease that causes like inflammation and stuff uh, in ulcers in a digestive tract. That's terrible. Imagine like what other people are possibly doing. And um, yeah, it's it's it it really makes you think like how many more have to go through stuff like this until the NHL has to do something like that. It, it shouldn't it shouldn't even be like any more people have to deal with this. It should be done with back then, not even today. It should have been done years ago when all this first started coming up and everything. And that's why I'm still going to be a proponent for uh, players speaking up about things they don't feel is right or things that aren't safe. Use your voice. Use the platform that you have to speak up and 
say certain things because I feel like you should be able to say whatever your opinion is, no matter what it is, or matter how offensive it could be to someone else. You should be, you should feel the right to speak out about it and have discussion about why you feel a certain way. That's the way I see it. And yeah, shoot me if I'm wrong. So with that. <laughs> We'll move on. We have about five days worth of hockey stories and, and coverage to get to. And it feels like it was forever ago, but I want to bring us back uh, to last Friday, which was highlighted uh, by two incidents in particular. Uh, the Canucks beat the Flyers 5-4 in a shootout. That was highlighted by Vasily Colson's first NHL goal, and that's going to be a theme throughout us talking about the hockey that's gone on. There have been a lot of guys getting their first NHL goals, and we talked about it in our season previews, how crazy this rookie race could be, and Vasily Colson made his name well known. But the main thing that happened on Friday, the New Jersey Devils beat the Chicago Blackhawks 4-3 in overtime. This is the game where Jack Hughes threw his stick over the glass, like immediately after scoring. It looked like he, you know, tried to throw it to a specific person, probably a kid to celebrate. Uh, I have no issue with this whatsoever, but of course, some people did. Seriously? Uh, yeah. Pe- dude. Oh yeah. God. Oh, of course. Of course, some people had an issue with it. I mean, I, I thought it was awesome. It was a great moment. And um, while, you know, at the moment, uh, I think there was some. Uh, injury worries about Jack Hughes after a particular game. Uh, I don't know if there's any uh, update about that. I'm actually trying to look it up right now. Uh, it's been really nice to see Jack Hughes, you know, kind of turn the corner after a bit of a slow start. I mean, the hype level around Jack Hughes and Capo Caco, uh, you know, being the one-two in that particular draft, uh, it had kind of fallen off a little bit. And, no, Jack Hughes, he's, he's starting to turn into yeah. uh, that player that you would expect him to be. If I were anyone, I'd be more worried about Capococco because for Hughes, he's broke into the league. Usually if you draft a center, oftentimes you break him in on the wing. Jack Hughes, you know, came out and they broke him in at center. That's incredibly tough to start in the NHL as a center. That is one of the Mm. toughest positions. And he did it, you know, from the get go. So it's great to see him kind of, you know, you know, uh, really getting his confidence going, starting to produce. You get that confidence up. I mean, you know, throwing the stick into the stands like it's great to see. Again, it's it's people having fun. It's entertainment value. And it's, you know, for Jack Hughes, you can really see him uh, getting his confidence level up as well. And another kind of note on that thing, they asked him, uh, I think because after that game, his brother, uh, Luke, scored his first collegiate goal as well. And they asked, you know, Jack about that. And you could just see, like, how excited he was. I mean, the Devils. You got to be able to see that light at the end of the tunnel now, especially with the, some of the other guys coming in the pipeline. I think it's a very exciting time uh, in New Jersey. Yeah, hundred percent, completely agree. Uh, I'm glad that uh, what's Jack Hughes, aka uh, given the nickname uh, from PK Subban. Now it's Gentleman's Jack. Before you speak, Little Jizzy. What a nickname, Little Jizzy. <laughs> <laughs> little Jizzy. God yeah. damn. Um, yeah. That was an absolute great goal, great great play. Honestly, to wait out the defenseman, have Patrick Kane sitting on the the red line, uh, and just had him like held out uh, completely. Man, uh, I think everyone who has a complaint about the celebration, uh, the future is now, old man. This yeah. is the new friend. This is the new future. This is the new normal. This is the new NHL. People are going to be more creative. They're going to do more things with celebrations. Like they're, they're just having fun. Like, like ha- be, yeah. be creative. Have fun. You, you look at the biggest complaint with the NFL right now, yeah. and it's the thought of like taunting penalties have been a lot more persistent this year. Mm-hmm. The main 
topic of discussion, I feel like, with the NFL, aside from garbage officiating, uh, would have to be the suppression of personalities. You might not want to go full Ocho Cinco or Terrell Owens with it, you know? I don't know if you necessarily want to do that. I thought it was entertaining as hell. Um, I mean, come on, who didn't love Terrell Owens going to the center of, you know, Cowboy Stadium and dancing on the logo and someone pushing him off of it? (laughs) That is incredible entertainment. That's hilarious. And, again, like, you don't have to go that way completely. Like, I don't know if I want to see... Uh, Jack Hughes score a goal, skate over to the bench, and put on a funny hat. Although now that I say it, maybe I do. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that, though, right? It's more of the idea of let these people actually showcase their personalities, and especially you'd think with ESPN now having rights to it in, in the U.S., like that, that's got to be more of a thing. And I feel like we have seen a lot of the old guard, <clears throat> Don Cherry, uh, and types like him get push to the wayside to say, hey, this this is a new era at this stage. We are moving on. Yeah. And I, it, it's only good for the game, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, people need to make up their mind because it's. I feel like the Venn diagram of people upset that the, NA, uh, the NFL is not allowing people to taunt or celebrate would be probably very similar to the people who think, you know, the NHL is over-celebrating. These are people, some of them, are people that just are going to find something to complain about no matter what, no matter what. They want to be angry at something. They have to find something. And that's the case for a lot of the old school NHL fans who bitch and moan about how the game isn't the what it used to be. It's like that happens. It's evolution. It's natural. Either adjust with it, enjoy the product and stop being angry about it or whatever. Be be mad, cope and see it and whatever. But yeah, it's. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't understand everyone getting angry at these weird little things. It's like these p- people are human. Let them be human. Let them do their thing. As long as it's not disrupting game flow, what the hell do we care? Yeah. NFL is the no fun league. So, you know. Yep. And the XFL was the extra fun league for <laughs> one season, both times. Oh, I'm so sad. Co- COVID screwed that up. That was Sa- such a good comeback. Save us, Dwayne. Yeah. Save us, Dwayne. Bring it back. If you Future president. Yeah, yeah, I just heard he was going to run for president. I'm like, okay. All right. Why not? It'll work. Why the okay. hell not? I, I want to hear his platform. That's all I care about. I'm like, I don't care who it is. Yeah. Just let me hear the platform. <laughs> we move ahead to Saturday night, last Saturday night, uh, highlighted by the Florida Panthers absolutely pooping on the New York Islanders 5-1. to one. Uh, Sam Bennett had a hat trick in that game. Uh, that's a pretty good start after getting a contract that a lot of people view as a little bit much. Yeah. So the Sam Bennett experience uh, for the Florida Panthers fan base, it's it's working out pretty well. And honestly, I'm pretty, pretty happy for him because, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not the type of guy who's like, yeah, I like to sit there and see people listed as busts. For the most part. That's my attitude, at least. Uh, and the Bruins, finally! Played their first game of the season, and guess what? They still haven't played their second. That is tonight. That is Wednesday night. They'll finally play their second game of the year. God damn it! Um, what is the schedule? Yeah. Okay. What what is the schedule? I, I don't get it. Like, so like I understand like in a way, I guess like Seattle and the New York Islanders both starting off the season on road trips, like finalized you know stuff with their new stadiums. I get that, but yeah, I again like the Bruins too. I forget what month it is are gonna have. A ridiculous. It's like eighteen games or in twenty four days or some what shit the? like that. Like there's there's some like massive issue with their schedule. I don't understand the schedule making, but 
Uh, Bruins look good in that season opener. Marshawn had two goals, which was great. One was an empty netter, but suck it. They still count. Uh, and shockingly, and we mentioned on the show, like Jeremy Swayman was going to start. You know, on that empty oh, netter, dude. he was taken down. It was just egregious, a suspendable offense. Sorry, I had to. I, had to. <laughs> I mean, I will say to the Jack Edwards clip, because that did get some circulation. God. Number one, is he a homer? Yes, he works for New England Sports Network. Yes. He is supposed to be a homer. My God. Uh, but secondly... You know, was it the most egregious play in the world where he was dragged down, I believe, by Haskinen? No, but I can see the argument to say that Haskinen's holding on to the dude's leg while he's going towards the goal. Uh, and we have seen players suffer severe leg injuries by hitting their legs on the post. And if, you know, uh, again, Homer take on his part, yes. Is there some truth to it that it could have been a dangerous situation even though it ended up being fine? Yes. The truth is somewhere in the middle. But yeah, at the end of the day, he is he is a brutal homer. I just got to uh, Swayman's now that I have you here, goal. and sorry to cut Go you ahead. off, but Boston, Fran, Boston fans, do they legitimately love the guy, or are they kind of embracing him as a meme just because they know he pisses people off? Or is that also somewhere in the middle? Both. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Both. I can say I can totally say both because like I don't yeah. know if I would like that. Just someone who has these crazy takes that are always slanted one way. That's why I like Drew Remenda. I mean, because, that's the thing. You know. so, okay, so see, that's the misconception. It's not always in the Bruins' favor, though. You'll hear these clips mm. of him being in the Bruins' favor because that's what's going to gain traction. You'll never see a clip on Twitter of him. You know, like there was a couple years ago. Uh, it, it wasn't Tyler Sagan's return to Boston, but Tyler Sagan scored a wicked goal. He lost his mind. Like, just celebrating Tyler Sagan and the fact that he scored a goal like this. Like, some of Jack Edwards' best goal calls have been for goals scored against the Bruins. But again, that'll never catch traction. And I, okay. I'm not saying it should. It's not surprising, but... That's fair. I feel like it's I feel like it's the same way, that it's a different style of commentary, but like Rick Janaret is another guy for Buffalo, oh, yeah. who some people define as a little bit obnoxious sometimes. End of the day for me, though, I've heard you know some of the goal calls for him you know for other teams, and I think it's the same story. Like you'll only hear uh, like clips of like his mayday call or the goal calls for Pat Lafontaine. You won't hear goal calls for him for yeah. you know other teams' goals. That's just not gotcha. how it works, but. Uh, aside from that, uh, the Leafs beat the Sens 3-1. to one. I don't know if Endo has any takes on that, but uh, they actually beat the Sens. Can you believe it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's hockey. Like I, like I said, everyone's freaking out about the whole season so far. We're going to touch on this later, but I'm going to say it right now. It, it's week one. Like, mm-hmm. we have like we have teams right now who are undefeated. Teams who right now who, who we thought would never be undefeated are undefeated right now. It, come back to me in a month and tell me how your teams are doing. I think I think a month, three weeks there is kind of a good checkpoint to see how teams are doing. Because uh, anything can happen in hockey. You know what I mean? You can have a good hot streak at the beginning, and then you guys just you guys just turn to, to mush. You play a bunch of tough teams. You, you lose some games. Yeah. Give me a month. Fair enough. Worth noting for the Sens, too. Brady Kachuk about to make his season debut, so that'll help them a little bit. I mean, Ottawa's 2-1 through the first three games. It's still super early, but uh, it'll be nice to see Brady Kachuk suiting back up for them. By the way, um, 
In the Atlantic Division right now, every team has played at least three games, except for Boston, who have still only played one. What is the schedule? <laughs> it makes no sense. Yet, the Bruins on one game have more points than Montreal with four. God. We'll talk more about that later. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, because, yes, indeed, uh, the Rangers also beat the Habs. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on. Yeah. Uh, also on Saturday, this might have been the most notable thing. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins kicked the hell out of the Chicago Blackhawks 5-2 to two in Marc-Andre Fleury's return to Pittsburgh. Fleury got pulled in that game. Um, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll talk about – we could talk about Chicago a little bit now. I mean, they're 0-3-1 on the season. They've scored eight goals and have allowed 17. Um, it's It's been a rough start for Chicago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's four games – but the uh, the revolution of their defense, led by Seth Jones, has not quite happened yet. Seventy eight games to go. Seth Squidboy Jones, as noted, uh, with his X Factor. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Squidboy Jones. Uh, oh man, I feel so. Bad I don't really know there. what there is to say about Chicago, other than I mean, it, they're four games in, and I'm already seeing Blackhawks fans call for Jeremy Colleton's job as head coach of the team. It calling for the wrong guy's job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it should be the guy leading the team that was involved in a scandal that still hasn't yes. been. Uh, yeah, and who's just making terrible by fucking decisions. Like I don't know mm-hmm. how Bowman's even still involved. It it kind of boggles nepotism? my mind. Yeah, nepotism and the old and the old boys club. I mean, that's all what it is. Hey, oh, cool. That's crazy. That's like the same reason that Chicago's not even being investigated. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, they're investigating themselves though. Oh yeah. My God! No wrongdoing was found. Thank you very much. Please look the other way. But yeah, it's. I mean, they got shelled. Uh, just brutally, brutally shelled, and sucks for Flower. Uh, because he's yeah. such a goddamn good goaltender, still elite. And I'm so so happy he's no longer on Vegas because of that fact. Because God, he is frustrating to play against. But in that one, he can't work his magic in a game like that. That was just absolutely brutal from Chicago. You went from a pretty damn good defense to what the hell is that? And Seth Jones is, I don't know. It's its almost like he's playing around replacement level, and but he's still got that contract. It's very, very awkward situation for Chicago. It's worth noting you still have someone like Patrick Kane who's a point of game so far. Uh, Jonathan Taves, no points in four games. It's been a rough return for him so far. Uh, and in terms of goaltending, uh, Kevin Lankinen has two two appearances so far for Chicago. Oh, boy, here it comes. He has an 889 Oof. save percentage. Marc-Andre Fleury has three appearances for Chicago. He has an 840. Oh, man. Oh, Not a flying start to the season oh. for Chicago. That hurt. It was a flying start to the season for the San Jose Sharks, who won their season opener on Saturday, 4-3 to against the Winnipeg Jets. Ah, flying, hey! A goal for, thank you, a goal for Jasper Weatherby. Aiden Hill was the winning goalie in that game. Sin, any thoughts on the Sharks' first game of the season? We'll obviously talk about the uh, other game as well that they have played so far this year, but... Good start to the season for them, but mm-hmm. that went over Winnipeg. And now y'all know Jasper Weatherby's name. He had two points in that game, goal on the power play and an assist. And, I mean, I love him. He's big body, playing that fourth-line center role, but getting power play time. I mean, that shows a lot of 
it's very good. We have a new power play coach because Rock, Rocky Thompson uh, doesn't like needles. Mm. And um, <laughs> but I ah, fine. We got we got McLean, and uh, I'm now a diehard fan of this power play. I, you can't be your own making puns. So uh, yeah, we got a uh, John McLean. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it looks good. They're, they're pulling the trigger. We've uh, scored multiple power play goals on the next game, which I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, in a bit. But yeah, it was just the Sharks went down 2-0 and I winced. I was like, oh, shit. Aiden Hill looked awful on the first, uh, mainly the second goal, where he just kind of shot the puck into Carlson's leg, swung his stick behind the net as the puck got passed out and it went like five hole on him. And I was like, we're cursed. Like we're, we're absolutely cursed. That was a Martin Jones type play and it was horrible, but the Sharks bounced back, got four unanswered goals and then held on to win. It was just something that they wouldn't have done last season. And again, it is early, but very, very promising start. And they look happier. They all look as a unit, which again, wasn't the case last season either. And the final notable game on Saturday, the Edmonton Oilers beat the Calgary Flames 5-2 in the Battle of Alberta. Connor McDavid had a hat trick. And I want to hold off on talking about the other notable thing from that particular game because I want to shift ahead to Sunday where there was only one game that took place, and that was Ottawa beating Dallas 3-2. The reason why I kind of wanted to talk about these two games back-to-back is, you know, last week we got to talk about the Dylan Larkin and Gabe Landeskog suspensions. Uh, in that Battle of Alberta, Rasmus Anderson headbutted Kyler Yamamoto. There's been some contention as to whether or not, like, his hand was up, and then he he still made the motion of trying to headbutt Kyler Yamamoto, and he was fined five grand for that, which is the maximum allowable uh, fine under the current CBA uh, for what was called roughing. Uh, Pavel Bushnevich, though, was also uh, involved in a headbutting incident when the Blues played the Coyotes uh, the next day on Monday. We'll talk more about that game uh, in a second, but he was assessed a match penalty. So we are a week and a half into the season, and we've already seen two instances of headbutting. And as well, it was one of the things we talked about too, sneaky, dirty players. And I brought up Jamie Benn. And Jamie Benn in this game, Ottawa v. Dallas, had another one of those moments as to where I'm surprised apparently nothing happened. I didn't see anything in the news about it, but essentially he and Shane Pinto took a face-off. Pinto kind of ended up on all fours in the face-off dot, and Jamie Benn just takes his stick like a guillotine straight down (laughs) onto this kid's back right off the face-off. And it's like, how is that not a fine? You said you were cracking down on stuff like that. Jamie Benn is legitimately one of the dirtiest players in the league. If Brad Marchand did that, people would be calling for a 20-game suspension. I couldn't believe that went, I'm pretty sure, uncalled uncalled in that game. Or even then, where's the one-game suspension for that? If Larkin's going to get a retaliation suspension. I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm so surprised Larkin actually got suspended for what he did. But, yeah, the whole point of, like, I we were supposedly, cr- like, cracking down on cross-checking. I'm glad you brought that up. It seemed they did that sort in the preseason, but now the regular season starts all of a sudden. Oh, wait a sec. Jamie Benn did it. Yeah, that's just, you know, veteran play. I, I don't know. It's that some certain p- players get certain sort of uh, benefits of the doubt, but then also... 
it just depends on where you're on the season. Preseason, all right, let's crack down on everything, make things safe. Regular season, mm-hmm. maybe start to get more lax on stuff. Certain players are able to get away with certain things, and the playoff starts all of a sudden. You know, Connor McDavid can't skate without someone drag- getting dragged along with him on his back and no call. But it's it's just, what is the rule book? Can we call the rule book? If you say you're going to do something, do it across the board. That's really all people want at the end of the day is some consistency. And you won't have people bringing up other instances, comparing them to this same, like, why wasn't this called? Why wasn't, you know, it's it's just not good look for the NHL when this kind of stuff happens. Yeah, 100%. Like, they just, like, if this is the rule book, like, right now, they're just looking at it and just going... It's done. Just just throwing it out, throwing it behind them. Be like, all right, we we don't see anything. They'll have like four pairs of glasses on. They'll just cover it up completely. Like we, I saw nothing. Like see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil in a sort of some sort of way. I just wish they would actually enforce their rules a little bit better. But yeah, that's just me. It's not even the playoffs. Not even yet. the playoffs. <laughs> it is week two. It's already there. It's week two. My God. Oh boy. Uh, we'll shift ahead to Monday. I'll give Endo a chance to speak on this game. The New York Rangers beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 2-1 in overtime. Austin Matthews robbed Artemi Panarin, scores the winner down the other way after a faceoff. That puts the Leafs this year at a uh, record of 2-1-1 through their first four games. And already it seems like a decent portion of the fan base is willing and ready to jump off a cliff. Okay. Um, Can we... uh, I'm just going to real close the microphone and say... Can we wait a month, please? Thank you so very much. We'll come back after a month. If you want to jump off the bridge, let's just do that. But honestly, that team is, it's, I don't know if it's cursed, if it's like hexed or whatever. It's just the, the morale on those players and the amount of pressure on them now because of what's happened last year. And I'm pretty sure Kyle Dubas has said some stuff to them behind the scenes, being like, this is like the year. Or else, like something's gonna have to happen because Dubas's job job was on the line. I know um, uh, the coach. I can't remember his name. Oh, God, I'm a Leaf fan. I can't remember the name. Head coach for the Leafs, Sheldon Keith. Sheldon Keith. I know his job is he just resigned again for mm-hmm. I think it was two years. We touched on that two weeks ago, and it, it's definitely coming to a point where there's probably so much frustration because he's put so much on this. He's navigated the cap massively, a lot more than. Tampa Bay has uh, with their situation, especially with we're, we're probably going to touch on that later with Kucherov going on the LTIR. It's coming to a lot of frustration. And I feel like this is, they always say like, Oh, this is the year. No, this is literally the year that you have to get this done. No more waiting, no more else. And it's, it's probably a mountain of trash around these kids. Like Austin got off, got off a shift where he missed that, where he missed. He looks like just, just, wind out of him completely just it's i I have no words like i'm fumbling right now to describe it because i can't i can't defend it i'm not gonna defend it because i'm not i'm not a home i'm a realist they need to get this done and i hope they really do because this team does have all the talent and all the work around to be a successful team but just something's not clicking and i don't know what it is i don't know if they know what it is because they clearly don't so far i don't know who they have to bring in who they have to a company in there to sit them down, hold hands in Kumbaya, do whatever you can. Cause it's just, it, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of feel like in that game, they just kind of got just jerking. I mean, yeah. he was mm. on fire. Sometimes you just run into a hot goaltender. You still got a point out of it. Hell man, yeah. two, two, one in one start again. like, don't no time to hit the, the pressure. Panic button. It's the pressure. Like it's killing them. 
it's it's only getting worse too. That's the problem. Year in and year out, it's okay. This has to be the year. This has to be the year. This has to be like the pressure level just keeps building. It literally is the definition of a pressure cooker situation in sports, yeah. where it was last year the year where it, something happens. No, so it certainly seems like though that they're at that point. Like something's got to happen, and the problem is, man, that much pressure on a team that is. Uh, very, very, very tough to deal with. Yeah. yeah, is the best way to describe it. But like Endo said, like let's let's calm down a little bit. Leafs Nation, set <laughs> down, breathe a little Relax bit. Relax a little bit, please. Come on, I don't want to see. There are other teams with cup ambitions who have had slow starts. The New York Islanders yep. have one win in their first three games. Um, maybe not proper cup ambitions, but we'll talk about Montreal. <laughs> In a little bit. Tampa's 500 through their first four games. Colorado has one win in their first three. The Winnipeg Jets haven't won a game out of their first three games. I mean, there are, te- there are teams that have ambitions this year that are also maybe yep. not flying out of the gates. I get it can be frustrating when New Jersey is 2-0. When Buffalo is doing what they're doing. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well. It can be frustrating. Uh, we will shift ahead uh, to Monday's games. I'd say three notable games on Monday. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers kicked the ever-loving hell out of the Seattle Kraken. Yep. 6-1, the final score. Uh, Carter Hart looked pretty good in that game. And it's worth noting with Seattle. I mean, they're 1-3-1 and through their first five games, of course, all on the road. And really, I mean, the first five games of the season... I'd say they've been highlighted by the fact that, yeah, the defense and goaltending maybe hasn't been uh, quite as strong as you would expect. And I'll skip ahead here. We might as well talk about Seattle now because they also played on Tuesday night and they lost to New Jersey 4-2. Dawson Mercer for the Devils got his first game there. But, like, Yanni Gord returned to the lineup a couple weeks earlier than expected. Um, And surprise, surprise, they didn't immediately win a game. But... Yeah, I mean, it's been a really slow start for Seattle through the first five games. Uh, Shockingly, again, the defense more of an issue, uh, the goaltending more of an issue than anything. And to get exact numbers here on on what that goaltending is looking like so far, I mean, you know, in in terms of is it Chicago pretty? Uh, Yeah, you know, you know, it's 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 okay. I, I don't know. I'm not sitting here overly freaking out about the Kraken at this point either. I mean, Chris Dreger's played one game. He has an 8.57. Grubauer has played four games. He has an 8.67. It's likely to get better, but even then, I don't think anyone was expecting Seattle to go full Vegas except for me because I highly rated their defense and goaltending, and so far it's been bad, and Endo's going to keep holding that over my head. I, rightfully w- so. I walked out of that That's, room. You remember that. I walked out of room in frustration. I, that's one thing I wanted to ask you here is that what do you think the issue is? I mean, we, we can all agree on paper, solid defensive core, solid goaltending tandem. Does it come down to coaching? Does it come down to the system? The first game that I watched them against Vegas, ah, their defensive system looked sloppy. Their breakouts were awful. They were allowing guys pass them. They were just giving unforced turnovers like – what is it? Still working on chemistry? Is it? I don't know. Like that's why I was going to ask you. Like, what have you seen? If you're keeping an eye on them, it could very well be Dave Taxdall. <laughs> <laughs> it could very well be. 
I mean, I can't say. Like, I think it's, it could be a combination of coaching. It could be like, hey, they've played five games. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, they are at a disadvantage in that regard because the natural chemistry is not going to be there compared to any other team in the league that has that opportunity. Now, you can say, well, hey, how much of an excuse is that? Uh, look at what uh, Vegas did in their first season. And right now, to be honest, I'm going to look this up. I want to see how Vegas started the 17-18 season and if they really started on a hot note or a hot streak because I don't really remember I if they did. I kind of do. I think they, they came out pretty strong. They might have lost a couple in the first few, but all, they like hit this switch and they just kept winning these games. They had multiple injuries to their goaltenders. They had like AHL goaltender tandem and were still finding ways to win a game that literally they kind of caught lightning in the bottle. So their first, sorry to cut you no, off. Their it. first month, they started eight and three. Um, but the difference is, and maybe this is a factor. The Vegas Golden Knights played, uh, from what I can tell here, they had 11 games. I believe they played eight of their first nine games at home. Wow, that helps. Well, actually, no, they had seven home games. So let me see here. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight of their first nine games. Yeah, they had an eight-game homestand. We're night. at home. That's ridiculous. And obviously, we know Seattle has only played road games so far. Yeah. So maybe Very that's different. a factor as well. Yeah. I mean... Travel's you know, tough. you look back, like obviously there's a big coaching advantage on paper that's starting off with that Vegas team. I mean, Gerard Gallant versus Dave Haxtall. Sorry to Dave Haxtall. Uh, yeah, no one's picking you in that battle right now. We'll see if you prove people wrong down the road. That could very well happen. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is for Seattle. And again, I am the type of guy who tries to not be overly reactionary, but yeah, there, there's some there's some concerning things, but obviously... I mean, how many teams can you look at in that Pacific Division, two to four games played, you know, yeah. where you're not like, oh, yeah, hey, like, you know, the Sharks are 2-0 and so far, and we'll talk about them in a moment as well, um, but Anaheim, you know, four games, four points, no one expects Anaheim to stay up there, so I mean, it's still super, yeah. super early, as it is, like, Vegas has only played two games, it's just so early mm. on. But obviously it looks like there's more to base it off of because you do have uh, the five games played for Vegas, uh, which I believe is the most in the league, if not tied. No, it's the most games played in the league. So there's the one team you want to look at the most. You said Vegas, but then you said they only played two? Oh, yeah. Vegas has played two. Sorry, I meant that Seattle's played two. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, Which is the most of anybody in the league so Mm. far. Yeah. Because the NHL is just like, get out there. You're new. (laughs) Yeah, go Get the attention. Yeah, Jesus, man. The way that, like, Vegas was treated versus (laughs) Seattle looks kind of incredible. Like, like, Vegas, do whatever the fuck you want. Swindle people to to, to Seattle. (laughs) Do not get Fleury and then trade him back with retention. Absolutely not. That, no. Like, and then, but then also, what the hell? Seattle's like, mm. yeah, we're going to weaponize our cap space. And then they signed Grubauer, and that was it. I'm like, what else? Like, don't they have like time. 10 mil like available still? I don't even they know. They have a lot left. Whole yeah. right now. Let's take a look on old cap friendly. The Seattle Kraken currently have $6 million okay. in cap space. It's not 
Uh, yeah, which isn't all that bad. The problem is that, well, actually, they'll have less because Dreger, Johansson, and Blackwell are all on uh, all on IR at the <laughs> moment. Yeah. So, okay, shit. Interesting situation. Yeah, I mean, I guess they did end up spending it. <laughs> I guess they, um, did. they didn't grab anyone that th- good. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, I think I think it would have been closer to 9 mil because Yanni Gord was previously on oh, okay. uh, IR. That's probably what I was saying. Okay. Yeah, that's probably so, why I was That makes sense. Uh, also, on Monday, uh, the Anaheim Ducks beat Calgary 3-2. Jamie Drysdale scored the game winning goal. Again, that rookie race, who the hell knows? <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. Uh, and then there was that Blues-Coyotes game that I mentioned with the Bushnevich headbutting uh, situation. Uh, the Blues won that game 7-4. to uh, Jordan Cairo scored a couple great goals for the Blues. Uh, our friend, second time we'll mention him today, our friend Deekslayer was at that show, Oof. and uh, or at that game, I should say. And boy, what a show it was. Again, a 7-4 loss for the Yotes. Carter Hutton. <sighs> I'm just going to say the name Carter Hutton. And uh, in terms of, of the numbers so far, Carter Hutton has played two games, or at least has two appearances, as does... The Coyotes' backup. Can you guys name the Coyotes' backup goalie, by the way? Don't tell me it's that guy who we didn't know when they signed him. That guy from Jamaica or whatever? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not the Jamaica Thornton kid. or something like that? Or Anson no, Thornton? Yeah, it's, it's not him. No, this is his... I know this was his first ever game in North on Boy. North American ice. I can't remember yes. his name. Some, so it's not even Coronar, who they acquired for Aiden Hill. It is goaltender Carl Vimelka. Oh, Vimelka. Yeah, Vimelka. He's 25. He was a fifth-round pick of the Preds in 2015. I'm surprised. And indeed, throw coach just now come over. Like, why wouldn't they? So here's the thing. Crazy. Vimelka has two appearances, and if I'm getting that wrong, I'm sorry. He has two appearances on the year. Any guess of what his save percentage is? 725. It's like a nine. He's faced 45 shots. It's like a nine something. His save percentage, I'm saying 767. It is a 956. Yeah, what? that's right, baby. That's oh, right. Dude, what? Holy that's shit. That's my boy. I had no I thought it was five minutes ago. That's my boy. <laughs> the Melka, through two appearances, has a 956. Do you want to guess Carter Hutton's save percentage? Seven, 839. 777. All right, so here's the stat line. Carl Vemelka, 45 shots against, two goals allowed. For a 956 save percentage in two appearances. Carter Hutton also has two appearances. He has 47 shots against, so only two more shots against. 14 goals allowed for a 702. Oh boy. With a goals against average of 875. <laughs> hey boy, those are those are ECHL numbers. Please. Those are EAS those are EASHL 3s numbers. Hey, like you'd be okay with a 702 in a video game maybe. It's only two games. But god. Look how damn. they massacred my boy. Holy shit. Ooh, Dude, I feel like I feel attacked about you mentioning ECHL. Oh my God! You should. Well, you are the Carter what, Hutton of Ishul. Let's go with a uh, Vemelka and Kozhanash, I guess. And uh, oh my God! Let's just throw God. Hutton to the AHL. No one's claiming him. Yeah, I would love. I really want to see Yosef Kozhanash get in there for Arizona. Um, Is it Kozhanash? It's Kozhanash. Yeah, because he's I think like Slovak or Czech or something like that. So yeah. the R's have accents on them. They're like a Z sound. Yeah. So it's Kozhanash. I guess, which there is... There we go. I learned something today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> to finish beating up on the Coyotes, any guess of who their leading scorer is through three games? Geek Slayer? 
It's all guess. The Coyotes. Um, yeah. Louis Erickson. Does Louis Erickson have a point? I don't think Louis he... Erickson has one point in three games. Might be the leading uh, scorer. The leading scorer. <laughs> by the way, J- shout out to Jake Chikrin, who has no points in three games and is a minus seven. That's rough. Poor guy. Uh-oh. Uh, the leading scorer of the Arizona Coyotes after three games... Shane Gostisbear. <laughs> oh, Gostisbear. Let's go. Who they got for nothing. Good for him. Good job, Gostisbear. Good for him. <laughs> get, get, get him a resurgence. And that'll bring us to Tuesday's games, at least the highlighted games that make sense to talk about. And we'll kick things off, finally. You've been waiting for this. Architect, if you're listening. The Buffalo Sabres beat the Vancouver Canucks by the score of 5-2. to two. The Sabres are 3-0. To start this NHL season, uh, matching uh, the Florida Panthers, who are also three and zero, the Buffalo Sabers have scored twelve goals in those three games and allowed four. The Sabers have only allowed four goals in three games. They are three and zero. This is unreal. It's Sabres hockey. And again, it's three games. Dustin Tokarski has one appearance. Tukarski. He had a win. 952 save percentage in that game. Craig Anderson has two appearances. He has a 954. So, so far, the weakest goaltending tandem aside from Arizona in the league is holding up. Uh, shout out to Zemgis Gergensons and Colin Miller who are tied for the team lead in points with four points in three games. Uh, as well, you have Gergensen's Okposo, and Tage Thompson, all but two goals in the first three games. <laughs> Enjoy it, Sabres fans. Yeah. It's going well right now. All your busts are doing good. Congrats. Oh, my God. <laughs> Boys, how the hell do we... Uh, this is, it's the magic of the beginning of a new season. It's, Nobody expects it to last, well, but good Lord. Here's the thing. It's the, it's the beginning of a new Sabres season. How many times have they gotten off to good starts? In the last couple of years, and then absolutely collapsed. They had that one where they they didn't like lose in regulation or something for like yeah. I can't remember like fifteen. I don't know how long it was, but it was a that while. That was the that was the Jeff Skinner year. Yes. If I'm not mistaken, that was eighteen nineteen where they still didn't make the playoffs. But that's when Skinner scored yeah. forty and goals. In the second half of the season, they were awful. Then last year, seventeen game losing streak or something after they got off something to a like decent that. start. <laughs> oh my god! Like so. 3-0, that's great, but if you're a Buffalo Sabres fan, um, you're well, for one, you're not in attendance of these games unless you're, you know, like uh, as devoted as Architect is. But, dude, that picture mm. freaked me out. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, no no one's there yet. It's like, game starts in five minutes. It's like, holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, shout Empty out to Sleeves on so Twitter for pointing that out to me. But holy oh crap, God, yeah, it's great. Good start for them. I don't think it's sustainable. However, I wish the best to Dylan Cousins and Dylan Cousins only. The workhorse from Whitehorse. I love that guy. <laughs> what a name. Goodness. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, Endo, any particular take on the Sabres here? Or are you just as stunned as I am about Come this? back to me in a month. I'm telling you guys. <laughs> like, every time I, everyone's like, oh. We you can't keep like, having that same take. It's like Ken. This is, this is also, uh, I would say this is my show, but it's Doogie's show. We're just along for the ride. <laughs> No, but I think personally, I don't know. Like you, you get to a hot start at the beginning of the season. Also, my light's getting dark. Um, then uh, that that's just the way it goes. That that's just how it is. That's a ho- that's hockey, baby. 
You never know when a team's going to go hot. A team's going to go cold. And right now they're going hot. They could drop off. I think it's actually absolutely hilarious. And it's such a Buffalo Sabre thing to be doing very well without Jack Eichel. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just made, you can't write this. You, you can't. It's, it's unreal. Yeah, I think that's the 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 most cruel twist of it all. Of course, is without Jack Eichel, they're still fighting success, and people being like, "Oh, I bet Jack wishes he was there now." Jack never wanted to not be there. Jack wanted to be there, and if they allowed him to get the surgery he wanted, he would be healthy right now and playing for this team, which means they'd probably be zero and three because Buffalo can't have nice things. My God, that that narrative of like, oh, I bet Jack Eichel wishes he could be there. Do you work for the Sabres? He wanted to be there. <laughs> that was the whole point. Yeah. God damn it. Trade him to Tampa because they have the cap space oh. now. Oh, boy. I've Let's sh- talk about that. Oh. Sure. That's God damn it. Shout, shout out, by the way, I was going to mention it. Um, the Canucks also suspended Travis Hamannick, uh yeah. without pay. Uh, I had no idea what the hell is going Me on either. there. It really doesn't it doesn't change the cap situation. I can respect the guy's privacy. There are people saying maybe it's a family matter. Obviously, you have some people speculating whether or not it could be COVID-related. At the end of the day, I just hope he's all right and it's nothing yeah, overly I negative. No clue but what was going on. Honestly, I don't think it's that big of a loss for the Canucks anyway. Travis Hamannick isn't what he used to be. Uh, but we'll bring that topic of discussion now to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they did play on Tuesday. They lost 4-1 to the Florida Panthers, who again are 3-0 now. Anton Lindell scored his first goal because this rookie class is absurd at the moment. And the big news for the Lightning, as we know, they have placed Nikita Kucherov on long-term injured reserve. The date today is uh, October 20th of 2021. I had to make sure. Uh, which means they currently have an additional nine and a half million dollars. Obviously, I don't think there's anything fishy going on here. I think he's hurt, but my God, if he's out until April, oh my God, it's gonna be <laughs> like they haven't said you know specifically what's going on. It's just he's on LTIR. I think it's a lower body injury, is what they listed. But they have nine and a half million dollars. In cap space, Jack Eichel's contract <laughs> is ten. Mm-hmm. They can work. <laughs> is Jack Eichel going to be a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning? I mean, I don't think they have enough assets, but also maybe they do. Man, Buffalo's stupid, so maybe I hope like hell it doesn't happen. It's just. Or maybe, you know what, actually, fuck it. I hope it does happen because at yeah. that point, it's like, this is blatant. <laughs> okay, can we please fix this? Let him have a three-peat based off the word, the three-peat that will be controversial till the end of time. You got a bubble cup, you got a COVID cup, and then you have, you did the same bullshit with Kucherov the cap, cup. The cap-friendly cup. <laughs> yeah, the cap-friendly <laughs> the cup. cap cup. <laughs> Circum, the circumvention cup. I. It's just... It's just, it's funny. I obviously, we don't wish ill on the guy. We hope he's okay. We hope the injury isn't so severe. But like the start of the season has been so meme worthy. The Buffalo Sabres are doing good without Eichel. Oh, the Montreal Canadiens who just made it to the cup. They haven't even scored as many goals as they have games played. Or maybe (laughs) they do. I don't know. It's terrible, whatever it is. And then, (laughs) hey, the Lightning. Remember what they did last year? Kucherov's on LTIR again. Like, holy crap. It's, It's been such short amount of time. 
And like, while we can't maybe judge the trajectories of all these teams, we can sure as fuck. It just seems like so much <laughs> has happened. It's hilarious. And I, I love it. I'm glad hockey's back because it's great. But yeah, it's just like, ah, you can't keep getting away with this. Like, <laughs> So in terms of the roster, like obviously in terms of fair value, there's not going to be a fair value yeah. trade for Jack Eichel. Like Sabres fans, I'm sure, would look and be like, oh, Anthony Sorelli at least, please. Bottom line is that I do think they could pull it off. I mean, obviously, to, to fantasy hockey, this trade. You look at the Lightning's draft picks, by the way, they're already without their second-round pick this year and next. They also have their first-round pick this year, and then they don't have another pick until round five. Um, <laughs> they have their first-round picks in the next three years. They have guys in the system. They're not the greatest prospects in the world. But could I see a deal for, like, a Max Kashkovich? Sure. Like, he's a solid player in the QMJHL. Uh, they do have other guys, like younger guys, that made the team, like Taylor Radish, Boris Kachuk. Uh, you know, defensively, someone like Jack Thompson's okay. And then Hugo Alnefeld's a Swedish goalie who's pretty solid. Like, I do think Tampa could actually work out a deal here. Will they? I don't know. Maybe I just finally want that Jack Eichel saga. And, and the funny thing is, they would acquire Jack Eichel... And then immediately put him on LTIR because he would have to get the surgery, which means in April, Jack Eichel <laughs> and Nikita Kucherov would come back, which means they would have Who else is on injury like $19 million in salary to spend to bring in people to help make sure they get to the playoffs. And the cycle begins anew. I want full madness here. I want the, I want them. They got to acquire someone else on LTIR who's God, still who's yeah. injured out there. I'm looking. Oh I'm trying God. to scout for more injuries. Jesus, who's who's hurt? Who's broken? We'll, we'll get the Evander Kane termination, then they'll sign him to league minimum. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I wanted to mention the Panthers as well, since that's how uh, you know we got to the Tampa Bay Lightning topic of conversation. They're three and zero. Joe Thornton was actually fined for slashing about two grand for slashing Boris Kachuk in that game. Oh, so, uh, way to go, Joe! Uh, but so far, I mean, for the Panthers, it, everything's coming up. Millhouse through three games. Spencer Knight and Bobrovsky have both been great. Uh, Sasha Barkov has five points in three games. Uh, Gustav Forsling has four assists in three games on the block. Uh, the Panthers are sick, yeah. and they're going to be sick, and they're going to be a playoff team. That's not surprising to anybody. What might be surprising, though, we have one more big game to talk about. And I, I think I think it should be the main event actually, uh, from Tuesday's game. So let's uh, let's actually avoid that great segue, and we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit. In terms of other games that happened on Tuesday, the Capitals beat Colorado 6-3. to Guys, Alex Ovechkin has four goals already this season. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> He's got to get fucking 70. <laughs> we, we need him to beat the God. record. Uh, I want, I we all, yeah. at least here, want this to happen. For Alex Ovechkin, I still say, you know, I said earlier in the show, Mike Bossy is my nod for best goal scorer oh, yeah. of all time. Same. But I mean, Ovi's obviously up there. And, you know, hey, if your definition of best goal scorer of all time is the most goals and longevity, then hey, looks like Ovi might have a shot. Yeah. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-1, to one, highlighted by Lucas Raymond's first career goal, which was sick. And uh, Tyler Bertuzzi has five goals already. Making up for That's being it. a goddamn annoyance and a thorn in their <laughs> yeah, side at go. least. <laughs> He's on the redemption path. He really, yeah. really is. He really got that 5G, uh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on, it was there. It was there. God. The New York That's Islanders good. beat the Chicago Blackhawks 4-1. We already talked about how bad the Hawks are. Uh, shout out to Oliver Wallstrom, though, who has th- uh, three goals on the season already. Uh, the Minnesota Wild beat the Winnipeg Jets 6-5 to in overtime in one of the craziest games of the year so far. Uh, an underrated rivalry between those two teams. And shout out to the Marcus Foligno-Brendan Dillon fight where Marcus Foligno attempted a Superman punch. Because of course he did. Why not? <laughs> and if it had landed, I think it would have knocked Brendan Dillon out cold. Because yeah. that, yeah. that was a hell of a strike throw that he missed, though. He's a tough dude, but he's not the best fighter on the planet, that's for sure. Uh, but Dilly's tough as hell. But yeah, if that landed, like, it, it didn't look... Dilly barely reacted to it, too. That's the funny thing. Like, he just kind of missed it and so good thing too because yeah we saw what happened when uh uh, uh Bieksa landed his so oh yeah <laughs> and the other game to mention here before we get to our big topic of discussion the Edmonton Oilers beat the Anaheim Ducks six to five uh Connor McDavid's on four goals on the year as well and I saw a stat I think this was based off of after the Ducks game uh McDavid has 42 points in his last 16 games dating back to last season regular season, season right yeah, that's yeah. A 42 weird, points uh, in his last 16 regular season. That's disgusting. <laughs> also, yeah. Ducks can score? Like, what is this season so far, man? Ducks score I, together. Dude, yeah. they, have th- <laughs> they have 13 goals in four games. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, they, they've done all right yeah. in terms of putting up points so far. But obviously, as Edm- that Edmonton game shows, you might still have some concerns yeah. uh, about the defense and the goaltending. Although, I will say... Uh, goaltending wise, it's actually been pretty good. Um, you know, you look at five or six goals against, and you're like, mm? but John Gibson in two games has a 961 save percentage. He's, yeah, it's John Gibson because he's, so good. he's faced. So here's the thing: um, <laughs> Gibson and Stolarz have both appeared twice. Stolarz has a 911 save percentage as their backup, by the way. Gibson in two games has faced 77 shots. Stolarz has faced 79. Yeah. The goaltending is not the issue right now in the early stages of this season. I don't know if it's the coaching system or what, but my God, do they just hemorrhage shots. That's, and it's yeah. it's going to catch up to them. And I had the opinion of John Gibson in the preseason prediction. Was John Gibson, like the chicken or egg scenario, are his numbers actually down because his numbers are down, or is he on a bad team? You base it off of these first four games of the season, I'm leaning towards the latter in that it's just a relatively bad team that he has in front of him. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the case. It's been Gibby against the world in, with the Ducks for the last few years, and they're finally starting to get some help, at least on the scoring sheet, so his job's going to be a bit easier. He might not have to, you know, uh, hurt his back again carrying the team, but yeah, it's... He's I I still think he is one of the best goaltenders in, in, in the NHL. Doesn't get enough love because, you know, of where he plays and the market that he plays in. West Coast combined with smaller market. I mean, that's just death sentence for, you know, notability. But yeah, he is he's good. He's that kind of goaltender. Yeah, that's definitely been a uh, a history that's been repeated in the um Ducks franchise. Obviously you look back at Freddie Anderson being the number Ziggy. one guy back then. Yeah. Jiguera as well being their their guy. Back when even recently with Ryan Miller as their goalie, it's been a pattern where you, you put great guys in net, they stand on their head and they get basically no love from the rest of the team. It's it's just it's rough. And with that, we go to our main event of this episode of this particular show. 
On Tuesday, the San Jose Sharks defeated the Montreal Canadiens by the score of 5 to nothing. Uh, the, the Canadians, by the way, have really struggled against the Sharks. The stat line that I saw is that the Canadians haven't won in San Jose since 1999. Yep. Uh, what? Which is outrageous. Let's talk about the Sharks first, and then I'm going to dance on the Habs Graves, uh, Graves a little bit. Um, I'll with, join you. Can I do it with too? With the Sharks. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All three of us. Through the first two games, right? Let's talk about the team on the ice before we talk about off the ice. Uh, I'll start in goal. Aiden Hill, through two games this year, has a 932 save percentage. Pretty damn good. We've yet to see James Reimer. Defensively, Eric Carlson has four points in two games. He said he still feels as though he is one of the best defensemen in the league. Sin, your take, uh, let's, let's go with Aiden Hill and Eric Carlson first before talking a little bit about the offense. Your take there. Aiden Hill, thank you. We love you already. You make <laughs> saves that you should. You make saves that you shouldn't, and that's incredible. He stoned Anderson on a breakaway, which uh, when I see a breakaway as a Sharks fan the last few years, I'm conditioned. I'm like, all right, there's a goal. Probably going to be a goal. <laughs> Just, But yeah, Aiden Hill, he's got, got a little, you know, couple, couple helps from the post uh, a couple times, but also... Yeah, you, you also make your own luck. So, yeah, there's going to be post-sit and shit. You just got to stop the pucks that you have to stop. Aiden Hill has done that. I didn't realize the save percentage was that high. Pretty pretty damn good. But, yeah, Eric Carlson, um, I like to see that confidence in himself, and I'd like to, mm-hmm. I'd like to see him going out there and perhaps not trying to live up to his salary and just playing and not trying to make those Hail Mary plays constantly, making the simple plays, and he's gotten rewarded for it. He's had, he has two assists on the power play that were simple as hell. Pass over to one side, that person scores. He didn't try to thread the needle, didn't try to make anything crazy happen, and he will produce like that. I mean, yeah, he said it, 164-point uh, pace. Stop the count. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as well on the offensive side of things, that top line so far, everyone at least playing a game with Jonathan Dolan, former mm-hmm. Canucks prospect, uh, Logan Couture, and Timo Meyer. Second line highlighted by one Mr. William Eklund and Tomas Hurdle. Uh, even the, the the fourth line, man, Cogliano, Weatherby, Peterson. Like, we've seen some point production from that line as well. Again, it's two games, but it's been a strong start for the Sharks. It's just, yeah, it's, a, it's honestly the best two games that I've witnessed out of them in the last two years. Because, again, they're, they just, they have a different air about them. They are different. They have a different team. They're, they're feeling good about themselves. You can tell they're tight. They're sticking up for one another. Last year, um, we went like 15, 20 games or something like that without a fighting major. That's insane. And then we had one, and then he got his ass kicked because he was a rookie. I can't – you let a rookie fight Felino. Like, what was that fucking team? Curtis Gabriel steps in, does all the dirty work. But, yeah, um, all of a, you know, now Eric Carlson almost fought Gallagher because he didn't like a hit on a Eric Carlson. It's – Everyone's kind of doing it. It's again, it's just a cohesiveness and a love for one another we haven't seen in the past couple of years. Fair enough. And it might be due now, to the uh, absence of someone who I, I'm betting you're getting to next. Well, thank you for the transition to that because we do have to talk about the Sharks off the ice. Ooh. As it was announced by the NHL that Evander Kane has been suspended 21 games for a violation of COVID protocols. Uh, we basically know what that was. He turned in a fake vaccination card. They also said 
and I quote, that its concurrent investigation into allegations of domestic abuse made against Kane by his estranged wife, Deanna, uh, could not be substantiated and that there will be no further comment. So on that particular point, at the end of the day, it doesn't mean nothing happened. doesn't mean the NHL is siding with Evander Kane. At the end of the day, a lot of times, domestic abuse, especially if it happened in the past, can be very difficult to prove in a more formal way, especially in like a court of law. In talking about the suspension to begin with, I mean, this was the Sharks' leading scorer last year, leading point producer. He's out for 21 games. There were the conversations in the offseason that a lot of people in that locker room didn't really want him back. I just... The problem is here, the conversation is a lot about, oh, has Evander Kane played his last game as a Shark? But it was announced they could not void his contract. You know, this violation of the protocol, of the COVID protocol, it's not enough to then say, oh, well, we can cut his contract. So he's still there. I don't know what this leads to, though, necessarily. But obviously, we could have recorded yesterday with just Endo and I. I wanted to wait today um, to get your take on everything surrounding Evander Kane and just your feeling as a Sharks fan as to what's going on. Well, I want to reiterate what you said, especially for people out there. I've seen a lot of, oh, the allegations made by his wife were proven false. That is not what not finding, you know, you know, conclusive evidence means. It doesn't mean that these are fake accusations and stuff like that for people, because I've seen a lot of that going around. It just means that, you know, again, you can't necessarily prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt, which is what you need in a court of law for the NHL standpoint. You know, that's what they're looking for to take some sort of action on and, you know, what, what can you do about that? Uh, it's it, it, The thing is, it's a pattern of behavior that has followed him around since Buffalo. Yeah. Um, so, even before, even re- kind of even before that at times, but uh, especially in Buffalo where... I mean, Winnipeg, right? There yeah. was the whole Dustin Buffalo throwing his tracksuit in the shack. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, at this point, I used to not like Buffalo. Now it's like, I get it. <laughs> I kind of get it. Like, he's just flaunt, flaunt you know, just completely ignoring team rules doesn't have respect he almost fought a coach in practice um he's got a, he's got you know a, assault allegations getting back to a bar he's got a sexual assault allegation which i wasn't even aware of simply because yeah. it got buried so heavily and when you hear kane buffalo sexual assault you think patrick immediately because that's where you know that high profile one happens so this is just a pattern of behavior that he no longer gets the benefit of the doubt. I understand you can't prove it. You can't take action on it, but he no longer gets the benefit of the doubt from me. I, you know, not taking care of his kids, like having the addiction thing. It's a sad situation, but he's, he's still, he hasn't seemed to get it. He hasn't seemed to hit that rock bottom 20. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the 21 game suspension. I, I, you got to think the sharks are trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do and what the hell their options are. And I wonder if somehow they can get that guy the fuck out of here, whether by mutual termination, like a D'Angelo thing. I don't think that's I don't know if Kane would ever do that. I mean, that's what (laughs) I can't help but think is that they there's a decent chance they could just tell him to go sit at home. Yeah, I would. I think there's especially if the Sharks continue to play in the casino, whatever he wants to do. (laughs) Jesus. Well, I do like the 21 game suspension. Blackjack. I'm sorry, but. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Imagine that's what they were thinking. Imagine. I didn't even put that together. (laughs) Well, that's why my fantasy team is named Kane and Table, by the way. Oh, my God. You have to, at this point, if you're a Sharks fan out there, you know you got to have just a sick sense of humor about these last couple years. Otherwise, you don't survive. Simple as that. 
But again, what isn't humorous is the allegations. And, you know, back to on a serious note here. Yeah. Um, how, how can you play with a guy who has these sort of allegations combined with his wife basically saying he's not taking care of his fucking kids? Half of that team are parents. Hurdle's a new father. Like, it, yeah. So it's how – and I understand it now. I, like, I, how do you I play with that? I think for him, there's just so much of like, okay, maybe you didn't do this. Maybe you didn't do that. But it's believable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue, right? Like there are certain people where, you know – you talk about Eric Carlson. If you were to hear any one of the stories thrown out uh, towards Evander Kane's way, whether he's done it or not, about like an Eric Carlson, you'd be like, there's no goddamn way. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'd be completely out of his character for everything that we know. Evander Kane has continually not done himself any favors. And, um, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, just gonna say it. He he essentially, in a way, played the race card in an ESPN interview. I don't think it's that, Evander. He wouldn't have kept some getting people, chances, maybe, in my opinion. Maybe yeah. it is that from some people, but at the end of the day, there's just been story after story after story. And what's the reason for that? You know, I guess that can be debated, but yeah, yeah I have no idea what happens with him next. I will say. Um, in terms of this episode title, there's a chance it Blackjack has replaced the Cap Friendly Cup as the episode of the title. <laughs> we'll have to come to a decision on that oh, one. Boy. <laughs> two two tough choices there. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of tough choices, we'll segue to our last talking point, and it was the team on the receiving end of this beatdown. Oh, hold on. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, before, before uh, who you get have in there, been quoted as saying... Before you get in on. there, I, I got to talk about the, the situation as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Not to interrupt. I, I think he's definitely, um, even if some of these allegations were proven false, like in a court of law, he's developed such a reputation uh, for certain things happening to him that he could turn around the other cheek, but then you got to see how many bridges bridges have been burned with everything around him and his personality and everything around him and completely. Like even the Hockey Diversity Alliance was like, we need to separate from you because there's a lot of stuff going on about you and what you've done and what you allegedly have done. And I think, I, I don't know what else uh, he's going to do after this. I don't know what the Sharks organization is going to do uh, in terms of when everything's done, wrapped up. I, I like you said, Tuki, I could see, I could see him being sent home uh, a la D'Angelo and kind of, you're just not going to play with us. We're just going to have you there. Um, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's rough. Uh, it's rough for someone as well. Like, I'm 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 a minority. I'm black myself, so I know a lot of people. This really helps certain stigmas around us, uh, around a person of myself, uh, with certain aspects that have been said and done in certain ways, and it adds more to a stigma in a way as well. And it's it's unfortunate because it, it has a it has a trickle down effect, I believe, and it could affect other people who are visibly in that like who are also black or minorities in a way because they can see oh this this black guy did this this guy black guy did that what are you you could be like the next him whatsoever so like i don't know i'm looking at the perspective where like your actions affect everyone around you in a certain way and i i hope to god that this isn't like trickle down to anyone else yeah well it's odd there's people who in one scenario would probably be against kaepernick are trying to now kind of seemingly on the side of Evander Kane. I know that's kind of a generalization to print, but it what it comes down to is is people are gonna adjust their biases to 
to fit whatever, you yeah. know, makes them the most comfortable. And in this case, it's some people just refuse and they want to have this low, low opinion of any sort of woman in a life of a professional athlete or someone who has money. They're like, oh, she's in it for the money. I'm like, motherfucker, he just declared bankruptcy. Like, how yeah. is she in it for the money at this point? And saying all these things for that. Oh, she's, you know, being emotional. She's oh. being this or that. And it's like, but those are the same people who are like Kaepernick's being this certain way. And so it's like, you know, it's the same people who may be saying maybe her race has something to do with it are the same people who wanted to, you know, string, you know, Kaepernick up in flames, you know, like hang him out to dry. And when, when that thing was going on, of course, different league, different scenarios, but hockey's the type of league, especially when it comes to this sort of stuff against women does not have a good track record. I mean, exactly. look at May, look at May I mean, look at all this other stuff. It's just, yeah. yeah. Slava Voinov anyway. as well. That was one thing as well too, I believe. Uh, he somehow got blacklisted, but Varlamov had a huge yeah. incident still yeah. playing. Ridiculous. So we'll move on to talking about Montreal because there's no great segue no. out of that. But, uh, <laughs> Pendo, yeah, sorry for not being like, hey, yeah, I don't just cut you off and not let you speak. On sorry, Rail. Um, <laughs> Montreal's 0 4 on the year. Uh, Mark Bergevin has already had to stay, uh, already had to state that there will be no trades and that they have to fight through everything. Um, woof. Yeah. Did he just <laughs> say team. tank bowl? I think he just said tank bowl. Oh my god! Like nobody expected this team to be this bad, though, dude. They have three goals, three in four games. It was a question that I was asked for the show: Will they score eighty-two goals this season? <laughs> and you know, it just I might. don't know. Three goals, four, 15 allowed for a minus 12 goal differential. It's a worse goal differential than Arizona, and they have Carter Hutton with a 702 save percentage. Um, Jonathan Jouren has two of the goals. Uh, Chris Weidman has the other, for God's sakes. Uh, Jake Allen with an 885 through three appearances. Sam Montembeau with an 861 in his one appearance. Um, the problem for this team... Uh, Carey Price in the regular season has not been the player that his um, reputation dictates, right? Like, we all know this. Like, last year it was a 901 save percentage. The year before it was a 909. He had a 918 and 1819, and then had a 900 in 2017 18. So, his last four regular seasons, he has only had above a 910 save percentage once. Yeah. This is not a Carey Price steps into this lineup and fixes it problem. It is only four games. I will joke about the whole tap dancing on the Graves thing as much as I want to because it's Montreal and suck it. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, what I just, I don't quite get what this is in terms of just how this team is struggling this much. Like, Mike Hoffman missed three of the first four games. Um, but it's, I mean, is it really, is the impact of a Paul Byron, Shea Weber, and Joel Edmondson being felt that heavily? I don't know what this is with Montreal right now, but good Lord. I mean... We can sit here and talk about Arizona's goaltending being shit, and that was expected. We can sit here and talk about Chicago uh, being worse than some people expected, because by my standards, that was expected. Uh, that Chicago wasn't going to be like, oh yeah, President's Trophy, here we come. 
Montreal having three goals in four games. The Bruins scored three goals in their one game. Yeah. Yeah. I Stunning. Stunning. I almost feel bad for uh, saying that I was going to try to tap dance because, I mean, oof. I, I kind of don't. Nah, <laughs> I mean, not they me had a, either. <laughs> had a Cinderella run last season. Honestly, I think that that screwed them. They they had all they place all these expectations on themselves that simply aren't going to be duplicated, especially back to the normal divisional format. Yeah. Um, they had their heyday. They did a thing. They captured some lightning in a bottle. They came up short. But, I mean, you got to think. They lost Dan O, um, Kulak. And I think Kulak was severely underrated for what he brought to the team um, as, you know, a, a, a defenseman in that system. Dano's a tremendous defensive center, uh, can also put up some points. And for a while, wasn't he like their 1C or something like that? That's what they, that's where they were at? I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't get the – there's a lot of coping going on with the Habs fan that has been going on. Now it's coming back to buy it. Oh, we don't need Dano. No, nah, fuck him. That's the, such a weird Montreal mentality. The second someone leaves, it's like negative stuff and like – I saw like this Twitter comment, like pointing out uh, Gar. No, not Garland. He's on Vancouver. Dvorak, like to say his face-offs. Oh my god, his face-offs are so good. It's like, who the fuck cares? You're zero three, and then the Sharks <laughs> smashed him. Like, it's like it just mm-hmm. seems like they're like trying to find all these things. Of, like, oh, we don't need all these guys you just lost. But it's like at some point, man, you got to face reality. You got to face the music. It's like you're not a good Dano. You could oh. probably use. Oh. Hold on, Sin. You're going a little bit robotic here for the first yeah, time on I, the show. I Which see is, that. I don't. Hey, it's only it happened back? once so far. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. It just. Who knows what happens in the afternoon? But yeah, it's like you could probably use a Dano. You could probably even use a Coat Kinniemi, even if it's just for six mil. I mean, fuck. What else? I mean, hey, maybe maybe you can draft uh, another center in the top three this year, Montreal. Have fun. And uh, your thoughts as a uh, um, another member of a, a rival fan base? You, you know, I think uh, this is what you get for celebrating like you won the cup after winning one game. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm gonna. I'm, that's what I'm saying. But honestly, I think there's a lot of um, it's like it's like the honeymoon period, like where you're just kind of like it's right at the honeymoon. You have to go back to normal life, and you're realizing how terrible things are with certain assets gone, certain people not available. Your starting goalie's gone, even though he has a track record of not performing well until playoffs. I mean, at the end of the day, are you paying him to play in the regular season or paying him for playoffs? Because you're paying him just for playoffs, ten million, a little too much in my opinion. And you just you're just looking at everything and. I don't know what they got to do. Shea Weber is almost basically almost going to retire because of considering because of his injuries and not being able to play. Yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think he was going to. It's listed as an indefinite uh, duration yeah. for the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, there's a very good chance we we've seen Shea Weber play hockey for the last time. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. and um, yeah, Carey Price taking the leave of absence for um, whatever reason he has to. Um, I wish him the best personally. Uh, he's mm-hmm. probably not going to hear this, but you know, Carey, you hope you're doing well. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully all goes well with you and the rest of your family. So it's a disaster for the Habs, for the Coyotes. Things are looking up for some other teams, such as the San Jose Sharks at this point in time. Uh, there's only two games tonight. Bruins play the Flyers. Uh, Rasmus Ristolainen will make his debut, so the Bruins are going to win 6-2. to two. And uh, <laughs> Vegas plays St. Louis. Uh, Vegas without Pacioretty and Mark Stone for a little bit of time. So that's another team we'll have to keep an eye on here yep. through the uh, early stages of the season to see if those injuries uh, happen to cost them. So 
Uh, with that, everybody, we will wind things down. We thank you for joining us here on this show yet again. Again, another episode of the Toogie's Take Podcast brought to you by Manscaped. You know the deal. Code Toogie, 20% off. You can catch Endo at Endo Mills, E-N-D-O Mills, as you would expect. Also on Twitch in the same spots at Endo Mills. Uh, Sin is on Twitter at CNYFTW. CYN, but yeah. CYN. There we go. I'm tired. It's been a day. CYN. He's also on Twitch. You can find him there too. And YouTube. He's everywhere. He's gorgeous. Um, yeah. I'm going to bed. I botched the ending of this show. You can't bat a thousand. The Montreal Canadiens have taught me anything. At least I've had a hit this season. There you go. Uh, <laughs> got him. And if the bot got more hits than the Boston Red Sox in game five, let's go, Braves. <laughs> And, uh, God, we will see you all this Friday after the Bruins dunk on the Flyers while wearing their beautiful third jerseys, as I just found out. It's going to be a good time. Beautiful. Gentlemen, it was a good show. Mm-hmm. Either one of you want to take the step up for the final word, or are we just going to end this on a on a deal? Endo, end the show. I'm going to toss it over to Endo. Endo, you end the show today. Okay. Um, so I've been waiting for this to end, uh, this train ride to end. Uh, no breaks, because I have buttered chicken. It's, it's probably cold now. There we go. Perfect. Just gonna for the visual learners, you know, just a nice buttered chicken. Take a look. Take a look. It's beautiful. I just dump rice on it. Is that a fucking mountain of cheese on it? What is that? That's rice. Oh, okay. It looked like (laughs) like a mountain of parmesan or grated mozzarella. And I was just like, what are they doing up there? I know you got some weird gravy fries, but you know. Gravy fries? That's poutine. (laughs) Yeah. God God forbid. I'm just jealous I haven't tried it. That's it. God forbid our one um uh, Montreal listener, uh, Rahil, uh, will just, he's not even from Montreal, he's from Scarborough. It's not. <laughs> well, this he's has been a, a very great endo of the show. Yeah, that's me. See you later this week, everybody. Goodbye. Good.